Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means I'll just cut the music. Let's just make sure everything works here. <laughs> Let's cut the music. <laughs> Can we hear my guests? Dylan. Mic check one. Yes, two. Travis. I'm here, baby. All right. It's Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We didn't break everything this time. Uh, hopefully it'll stay that way. The record button decided not to nuke it. Here on Ready Check Radio, of course, that means it's time for the Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy 14 slash Square Enix podcast. We're on the eve of Final Fantasy trading card games Beyond Destiny set being released officially. Pre-release was last weekend, so people have been pulling boxes and cracking packs already, but officially it comes out tomorrow. That means it's time for one of my favorite shows. It's when I get some of my friends and we sit down and we talk through all 14 legends in the set, giving you our early takes, sure to be wrong, and we have chat chiming in with their opinions as well. If you're watching on YouTube or uh, listening on Audible or Spotify or anything like that, thank you. Thumbs up, subscribe, turn on notifications, review it, all that good stuff. Feed the algorithms. Excuse me. And of course, head on over to readycheckradio.com. You might see a Ready Check Games tab there now. Hmm... Hmm, something maybe worth taking a look at in the future. Joining me to go over all kinds of fun stuff today. You know him, you love him. It's Dylan the Villain Camacho. What's up, sir? <laughs> Time for some more accurate descriptions of these legendary cards. 100% accurate. <laughs> hey, how'd the demon do, everybody? <laughs> hey, he was great. The demon was pretty good, man. Pretty I good. Know. I, I, I stopped playing Final Fantasy. I started playing Lorcana. I have no idea how good he actually. There you go. <laughs> How's the demon doing in your Lorcana deck? <laughs> Surprising Bro, the hell out of people. It scares the children. It scares the children. That's for sure. Also on the line to chat cards, Mr. Travis Pfeiffer. What's up, sir? How are you? Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now you already did your full set review videos. Where can people find those? Check those out on my YouTube channel. You can search for Travis Rudros Pfeiffer or Ghost Radiate. 88 should pop up either one of those. And yeah, just got them finished with uh, Jared from Japan. So fun back and forth discussion of the entire, all the cards in the set. Yeah, always fun. Now, I have not watched them yet because I didn't want to know your opinions on the legends going into this show. Uh, I'll, I certainly will watch them afterwards. And I'm too lazy to skip the legends in the video. You know, I just like to put that on and just listen. You know, just <laughs> do my work and have it listen. Yeah, Digimon and FFTC's uh, TCG sets drop at the same time, and so does set two for Lorcana, basically. Yeah. So it's just a all a lot of cardboard. Yeah, it's and a crazy this, weekend. Yeah, sorcery oh. betas doing its thing, and just like there's a lot of TCG love out there, gents. But we know we don't want to be here all day. Let's take a look. At the Legends, we're going to kick it off first with the Fire Legends. We'll take them in the elemental numerical order that they come in. We've got uh, three drop Fire Forward Cyan from Cat 6, of course, a Samurai, 7K power. When he enters the field, you can pay X. When you do so, you get a crystal for each X that you spent. The minimum you can pay, or the maximum you can pay is 5 CP. And he's got three different action abilities. One crystal gets Cyan 3, 3k power till the end of the turn. One crystal gets any forward uh, 3k damage. And five crystals can be spent to deal 9k damage 
to all the forward's opponent controls, so a one-sided 9K hit. And I gotta say, gents, in pre-release, this cat was a monster when somebody picked it, when somebody pulled it. I mean, it's it's just, right? You don't have to dull it for a board clear. And so you just play it, spend five, get five crystals if you hadn't gotten any previously, right? Which there is crystal generation in the set, so you may have snagged one or two already, which makes them even cheaper. Uh, and then it's a board clear, which in pre-release I've heard is pretty good. You know, board clears in pre-release pretty good. But we're not here to review pre-release we're here to review standard play from a more competitive standpoint and a little bit of a casual standpoint. Dylan, I'm going to toss this one to you first. Hmm. So let's look at the skeleton of this card and tell you why it's already good off the cuff. Uh, it's a category six card and they don't print bad ones of those anymore. Really? It's a samurai. So it gets searched by like seven different cards. with also job named samurai or title named samurai and uh three CP seven K is already pretty Pretty good. I mean, that's standard right on. He's not looking like he's getting shrunk for his abilities. Um, so if we're looking at the base idea, sure, if Sam if you want to be a samurai player with that skeleton, that's great. But everything's in the meat and potatoes of crystals and anything. Yeah, and I think if, obviously if you're going uh, samurai, you're probably using the other cyan, right? Yes. That's a better payoff than this one. Exactly. This is a crystal card at the end of the day, though. And this one gives you five when you pay. Now, listen, you're paying for those crystals. But we have had so many cards that have these four, like four crystal, three crystal costs of doing something ridiculous. And this one drops five. So on that alone, I think that on one turn, it having a good ability to use it, and it's this all-encompassing kind of card. I love cards that are just like this. Um, so I would say this is probably a good four out of five for me. I think what puts it just under is the idea that it's crystals, and crystals are never the perfect cards, no matter what we've done with them so far. Yeah, so fire, in my in my opinion, really hasn't had like that crystal payload, right? Like in in lightning, you're doing things like taking mini payloads with Lady Lilith, you know, just trying to get get yourself to one, get yourself to two, break something, and maybe copy it with Gogo if you're in an ice lightning to really maximize the payoff. Uh, in water, there's a bunch of crystal payloads and, and things you can do with them, but fire to me has always been kind of everything's like, oh, cool, I can spend a crystal to ping, or I can spend a crystal to increase damage by a little bit. Like, these little, definitely fire-esque abilities, I'm not going to argue that, but it never really a benefit to running crystals. Now, here's the concern that I have. If you're in a fire deck, and you're purposely building for crystals, or you've wanted to build a fire-X or mono-fire crystal deck, I, f I think this is a fantastic card. But if you look at all the things you want to put them in, Samurai for me, no, you're going to run the other Cyan. I don't even think it's even a question uh, in that particular scenario. And then you look at Cat 3 and you say, well, or Cat 6, and you say, well, hey, his name's Cyan, and I really don't care about other card named Cyans in the Cat 6 deck. So this isn't a which Setzer do I run, which Terra do I run, which Lock do I run situation. But to make those decks crystal generation enough where you don't have to pay five, I think you start destroying how effective the deck actually is right now. So I think if you're going to consider it for that deck, you also have to be willing to say, am I set to pay eight? Because in most scenarios in the deck you really want to put it in, you're going to be paying eight. Maybe you toss in a few crystal backups and manage in some matches to get one or two, but I feel like you'd better be willing to pay eight for the board clear. 
I don't know if Cat 6 is willing to do it because they really don't care about your board. And hell, the demon is pretty effective at doing its thing in that deck. I like the card. It was a monster in pre-release. I think we will see it. I don't think it's going to be in the Cat 6 deck an awful lot. I think it's going to be used in other ways, which is totally fine. I still think the demon's probably a better card to do what this does or similar effect in the Cat 6 deck. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Travis? Mr. Cyan, uh, he does have three relevant abilities on the crystals, he definitely but does. It, it really is the board wipe. That's what you're going for. Um, if you have more crystals when you bring him in, it I like like every time every crystal more you have, the more I like him because pain eight is a lot. And Matt just said something in the chat too yep. that I was going to touch on is that this isn't eight in the sense of I'm going to pitch four from my hand and there's eight. I have to pay three first and then I have to pay another five. So you do need to kind of like tap backups and such for that, which can be a hair awkward. But I've seen people play him when they already had three crystals. They play him. They only need to spend two, and that feels so oh, that much feels better. Great, so much better. Um, I fully agree. I don't think he goes in six. I don't think he goes in samurai, and I don't think there's anything wrong with him. No, I just think fire. You know, you and I kind of touched on this when we talked about the elements. It just fire is just so limited in what it does right now. I just don't know like what kind of deck he's gonna go in. But I do really like him, and in testing, he's very good. And the more crystals he has the more I give him a thumbs up. So if you've already got five crystals, I give him a five out of five. For every crystal less, take off half a point. Well, and then the other thing to consider, though, is particularly like I was looking at running him in Fire Ice, right? Mm, yeah. Not not a specifically Cat 6 deck, but obviously a few Cat 6 cards for some synergies and searches and stuff like that. But the Cat 6 deck, as we've been seeing it in the the most recent competitive season, not in a build like that. I've been seeing him in more of a fire ice, and and somebody said it in chat uh, with a, a Dissidia Final Fantasy uh, payoffs in it, and yeah, I mean him and Gogo, that that seems pretty dope, right? A one yeah. crystal three K ping becomes a one crystal six K ping uh, with just two four words because these are three action abilities. So I think there's some fun to be had, but I think it's just a slightly above average fun. I'm not convinced we're going to see him like in a super competitive environment. Although by the time there is a super competitive environment, of course, Beyond Destiny won't be the most recent set. So it's unfortunate. Uh, can we can we talk about that for a second, Travis? Would you give this, by sure. the way, three of three out of five? Uh, well, if you have five crystals already, he's a five out of five. For every crystal he doesn't have, take off half a point. Take, take off half a point. Probably he's fair. Two point five. Yeah, out of five probably fair. Uh, what did you guys feel about the set as a whole? I, I don't know about you, but as the spoilers kept coming, I was like, this set's got a lot of good in it. Like, this set has a lot of good in it. But I don't feel like it's got a big new or a big... Like, I don't think it gives birth to an archetype. Maybe you mm -hmm. argued to City of Final Fantasy because we really haven't had too much love in that category and... And the, the anniversary sets that are behind me and stuff have, have given us some good cards in there, too. And everything just seemed to accidentally be Dissidia in, in, some of these, yeah. in some of these cards. But you got a couple of cadets, right? You got a couple of WAF things. You got a couple of six things. You got a couple... Like, you got these little micro packages that just kind of seem to, hey, you know what? 
remember playing WAF? Let's make it a little stronger and see if you want to mm-hmm. mess with it again. You remember messing around with cadets and wishing it would work? Well, no, we're not gonna <laughs> get we're not gonna give you the backup you want yet, but we're gonna give you some other things and maybe you mess around with that. I feel like the set was one of those. Let's go in and fill in a bunch of little gaps with a bridge set since it's not going to be the set that leads into the, the competitive season anyway. A- am I off base or did you guys kind of feel the same? What? what? No, I'll, start? Go ahead, I'll say right now that I feel as though that um, not including the legends of the set, that the rest of the set felt like when you open a potato chip bag and it's like halfway air and then you see chips at the bottom. I'm assuming that's what next set actually is supposed to look like because the filler cards on this one, like what you were talking about, the WAF cards didn't feel like I'm like, I'm not re-innovated. Like, I'm not going to go back and totally rebuild WAF from scratch. These cards aren't doing enough to like drag it up. Cadets, shut up. Like, I, <laughs> had not... to, I had to bring cadets in. Come on. No, no, no. I'll, like, I'll, if you're a cadet player, listen, you know what you're signing up for with this card game. Go quit hurting yourself. Um... Yeah, so all the other stuff that I brought in, and the city stuff looked kind of more, at least kind of interesting. Um, but overall, no, I felt really underwhelmed by the set. I remember thinking as I was looking at it collectively that normally I'm kind of like, all right, let's let's try to buy like some boxes, let's buy like a complete like foil play set. This one, I was like, I'm not gonna buy the foil fi- the foil really? play set of this. Whatever ones I end up with, it'll be okay. But really, wow. um, I I felt very wet blanket on this one. I'm actually kind of sad that this is gonna be our world's meta. That's my that's my hottest take on this. Yeah, but I think that was kind of the point, right? Like, it just felt to me like they didn't want to really just crack the world's meadow wide open like they did going into the last Crystal Cup of the year, right? Where it was just going to mm-hmm. be the, the last Crystal Cup was just the – or Materia Cup, sorry, was just like yeah. the Wild West, right? The set had just become legal. Godspeed, good luck, everybody. Like, <laughs> And that's why we ended up with, like, what, 75 people there and 15 of them were Cat 6 decks. It was yeah. just yeah. like – Let's, hey, that was me. I was one of those 15. <laughs> let's take a cat six deck and see how we do. Uh, it seems to be this is the most solid, consistent thing right now while everybody else messes around with things. I kind of, I'm, a, I'm much higher on this set than you. Not that there's, the set blows me away. I'm not going to say that. It doesn't. There's a couple of legends that I can't wait to mess with. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, I found this set like intriguing in hey, there's these two or three cards that, man, I'd really like to mess with that in this deck. And there's these two or three cards that I'd really like to mess with in this deck. Uh, yeah, nothing you know, blew my mind, but I was always, I did see things that I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to mess with that in deck A, deck B, deck C. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, you know, copium and, or a little hopium maybe even. But I, I, I think there's yeah. some stuff in there that you could definitely have some fun with. Travis, we're, Dylan and I are clearly opposite ends of the spectrum here. So where do you fall on this? I'm pretty underwhelmed by it as well. There are there's just a lot of chaff. There are there so there's always a bunch of cards that are effectively blank just because their text is so bad. But then there's legitimately cards that are blank as well, like the Onion Knight, like the Monk, like the Rain, like the Dash. Like yeah, but we never other... expect them all to be home run well, cards. Well, no, There's always like, going to be chaff. Like I, the the Onion Knight in particular, I find very insulting. Like you were, why are you printing a card with no text? Because he's no a text. three drop nine. What well, nobody's going to play that? Why not? Come on. <laughs> well, and that right there, 
they are not in touch with what competitive standard <laughs> is because no one you can't no one just plays bodies. He's Otherwise, special you'll fodder. Play that's that's why he's special <laughs> fodder. I mean, maybe, but if that card shows up at Worlds, I'm gonna have to buy a hat and eat it because there's just there's just so many uninspired. Oh my god! Cards. Somebody chuck one in your deck, please. Just chuck one. No, no, no. That doesn't count. It has to make an impact, not while I had it in my deck. That one has to play on the board and swing for a point of damage. That's what I'm hearing. Exactly. So, yeah, I also find it kind of underwhelming. Yeah, I I, I even thought, like, looking at the set, you could tell that Hobby Japan, at least in some regards, was thinking about certain things. Now, they may not have executed the way I would like or other players would like on certain things, but we're seeing a little more X-Burst hate. Is it good X-Burst hate? Not really. In the grand scheme of things, no, I wouldn't say it's fantastic experts, experts hate, but it does show that, hey, they're thinking about this uh, and, yeah. they're, and they're willing to do it. Um, they're, they're very tepid, though. You can tell they're very, like, scared yeah. to commit to something. Same with we'll yeah. get in one of the Earth Legends and how kind of overcosted he is. And the cadets, you know, and maybe this is sour grapes for me because I've always really liked the cadets package. You have printed the Riku. You have printed the uh, the Headmaster Sid. Like, we know you can make a card that color fixes them. Why are you still not doing that? It, it's, I, they, I just, they, oh. they, they just hate it. They're they do. Like, they do. They're not going to come out and say it. Here, I'm going to say it for you. I'm not a Square Enix employee, but you can quote me. I, my, it's, my uncle is one, I'm sure. And uh, I've got an uncle at Square Enix, and he says they freaking hate the cadet players, bro. <laughs> They're like, Typo didn't make us enough money in the real world. We're not giving it good cards. Next yeah. question. <laughs> and it still gets that, uh, as I think Steve D, I think it was Steve D called it, that picnic table tablecloth background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of them get that. Uh, let us know how you feel about the set. Clearly, yeah, maybe it's hopium, but I kind of like some things. Next up on the Legends front, though, We've got Mr. Shadow, 7-drop 9K. All right, okay. Uh, warp 3 for a single fire. Okay, okay. I mean, Warp three's a long time, but 1 is certainly better than 7, so let's see how it pans out. At the end of each of your turns, if one or more warp counters are placed on Shadow, remove one warp counter from Shadow for each Cat 6 forward you control. This effect will trigger only if Shadow is removed from the game. So now you kind of go, oh, okay, well, Warp 3 maybe ain't such a long time. Uh, when Shadow enters the field, discard your hand, then draw two cards. All right, so we can already see like how that effect is going to be... Um, abused in a, in a poo-poo style, right? Oh, you can't discard now if you don't have anything. Let me just draw two. But reading the rest of the text, Travis, what, what I, I, um, I, don't, I don't know. What do you think? So I specifically tested this card today before oh, I came on here because I wanted to talk about it. So I have now a lot of experience with this card because I wanted to run it. Um, when he works... It actually feels pretty good. In particular, the idea, obviously, you pay one to warp him. You've got three other six forwards on the board. He immediately comes in. You've played pretty aggressively, so your hand is either empty or you've got one left. Uh, he draws you two. Lock is on the field. He also triggers. And what's really nice about all that is because it occurs in the end phase, no response, it avoids baby. any interaction. My opponent literally had an Ishtola on the board, and he was like, can I use this? I was like, nope, not allowed to respond. So <laughs> You were like, in good. Magic the Gathering, you can. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Uh, incidentally, Interceptor 
has a field effect that gives a card named Shadow haste and a thousand power, and that was relevant in one game where I needed one more forward, and he was it. And so I just played my hand out. He was my fourth forward, swung with the lock for the four-party trigger, broke the board, won the game. That all felt good. However, the one downside is the name Shadow. Yep. It's not that the backup is actually good, but there there are so few six backups that have different names. When I took him out originally, I had to jam in the backup Terra, even though I wanted to test a new one, because there's just not enough. Like, I couldn't even get to five unique backups. So mm. I like him, but legit, he competes with his own bad backup just because six needs... It's just so short on viable backup names. So I think if you could, if you're willing to bite that bullet and go around it, he actually he surpassed my expectations in testing. So take that as you will. <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of on the same lines with you here, um, mainly because okay, I like the warp and what it's doing. And when you first see warp three, you're like, ugh, nope, too slow. Mm -hmm. Then you read the text and you're like, well, okay. I mean, I'm probably gonna have two out by the time I play this. I'm going to try to have a third. Yeah, that seems reasonable, particularly in like a dedicated Cat 6 build, right? Mm -hmm. Which, that's all this fits in, right? Yeah. With that requirement, I mean, unless you really feel like waiting three turns to draw two cards, but I believe we had a water warp card uh, last set that nobody runs because they didn't mm -hmm. want to wait three turns to draw two cards. Uh, I, so here's my my thing. I don't I don't actually like his effect. One, I feel like it's you have to have at least three to really just get the payoff immediately, like you were mm -hmm. talking about. Or you are at least waiting one turn up to three turns to do what? Get a 9K forward, discard your hand, and draw two. Yeah, we all know how you can play around that, but that means for this to be effective, I always have to be playing around it to get the best mm -hmm. benefit. Uh, I, and I think in the decks that you would run this for, right, a Cat 6 deck, you're already drawing cards at, at, at a well above average clip in most builds that you're not trying to jam extra card draw in. I'm kind of low on this one. I, I do love the art. Flynn and chat liking the art, too. I do like it as well. I, I, gotta, I think I have to give this one a 1 out of 5. I think the only deck it goes in in any meaningful way competitively it doesn't want you don't want it to, to go in there which okay then what what good is the card at that point dylan you guys are being way too nice about this card this card i just sucks. gave it a one bro and said the only deck that it goes in nobody's gonna want to put it in in there how was i being kind <laughs> listen that's what i'm saying one is too much this this doesn't deserve to be a legend card. This this card, even as a common or a rare, is not doing enough favors for it, right? Like, I think we sit here and we talk about this, and it's this idea that it's like, all right, let's start here. Objectively, the best strength of this card is a 1 CP 9K. And as we just established with Onion Knight, 3 CP 9K do nothing is bad. Now, what if that you took off 2 CP, but in exchange, half the time, it makes you discard your hand and draw two <laughs> cards? And that's like a setback instead of a pro. Yeah. Uh, no, this card is... I don't know why the card has the text. Everything between Warp 3 and 9,000 power, I don't understand what was going on in their decision-making to say, yeah, this seems good. Print it out. Legend? Sure. Uh, I, I don't. Travis actually makes a lovely point that I will circle back to. Um, 
a bad shadow backup is objectively better than this legend. Bro, mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't word it better than that. Like, to be honest, this one sucks. I don't even give it the one. This is this is a straight. This is maybe the worst legend I've seen in a long time. Zero out of ten. But bad. Okay, Just wait. Bad. We've been we're changing the rating scales. I started doing on a five scale because that's the way you started with the first card. Now <laughs> you're going to tens. We did tens right. last episode. You, Sorry, zero are, out of fives. Zero are we on fives or tens? Because, Dylan, I'm taking your lead on it since you went first and I didn't want to point it out. But now I that have was, to uh, point it out. That was, a, that was uh, you know what? I wanted to show how much more room it has to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> has double scale, the room. Double the score and it still hits zero. This has double the room to be bad. Yes. Not a fan. Let's slide over and start with some ice then. Ultimecia, five drop, 9K forward. When Ultimecia, uh, or I'm sorry, Ultimecia cannot be chosen by your opponent's summons. Abilities are fair game. When Ultimecia enters the field, remove up to five characters of cost five or more in your break zone from the game. When you removed one or more cards, choose the same number of characters as the cards you removed this way. Dull and freeze them. Your opponent discards one card. Not the uh, the best translation wording for the effect, I don't think. I feel like this could have been explained a little bit better in a fewer words, but I think we all get the point. Obviously, there's going to be some synergies we're going to talk about uh, when we get to the next card, uh, because Ultimacy it does happen to be Job Witch, which will be a little relevant in just a few seconds. Uh, I Whose turn is it first? Oh, I think it's my turn. Uh, Dylan. Are you, are you? Yeah. Yes. I think it's my turn. Uh, I was really excited when I first saw this card. Uh, I do like cat eight styles sometimes some of the smaller packages uh that cat eight can do they've never really gelled into a, a really competitive cat eight deck but they are fun to play on the side i like ultimecia and i'm a lightning baby through and through right mono lightning for the win that's my mo so yes back in the day six drop idea job witch shenanigans yes all about it then I'm also a Verstale baby. Damn it, this this loves a Verstale deck. This loves a Verstale deck. And it's probably one of the few competitive decks that you're going to get the most bang for your buck out of Ultimecia because it can bear the brunt of having that many uh, five cost or mores in your break zone. Uh, a lot of other decks are going to have a hard time making a meaningful up to five count. <sighs> that said... I love the art. I love the card. I love the effect. Kinda. <laughs> Kinda. In my brain, and if I'm wrong, you guys can steer me right. In my brain, this is the knockout punch, right? This is, because you're only going to get it once unless, whatever, unless you renew it and flicker it. Yes, there's all kinds of shenanigans you could do, but you still have to have those cost five or mores in your break zone for the flicker if you're going to do it. So this reads as very similar to Bahamut Zero to me, right? You're either casting Bahamut Zero so that you don't die that turn, or you're mm -hmm. casting Bahamut Zero because you're going to win if you cast it. Well, Ultimecia can't be cast to save your life on that turn, but if you know you're going to be dead two turns from now, yeah, maybe you could play it on your turn to escape and get one more turn, or you're playing it to put things down so that you can swing for the win. And I just feel like at the end of the day, there's probably better spends 
to do that effect without having to give up large portions of your break zone. Now, is she badass in a Verstale deck? You fucking bet she is. And yes, I'm going to put her in there. But I got to look at this holistically like I did with Shadow. You know, uh, I'm going to give her a two and a half. That extra half, maybe three quarters of the score is the art. <laughs> so if I take away the art, that's like a one and a half-ish uh, card. But yeah, I'm going to put her right in the middle at two and a half. I think she's going to be fun in a Verstale deck. I just think if you're looking for a knockout punch in other decks, there's more cost-efficient ways to do it without sacrificing so much. Um, maybe if she said discard two cards, I'd be a little more interested uh, in trying her in other places. Travis, go to you next. Every ice legend has been and will be a disappointment to me until they release the ice legend that says Dolan freeze all the forwards your opponent controls, preferably characters or but monsters and forwards at minimum. And I keep waiting for it. And ever since the primal Shiva in Opus 14, I'm waiting for it and I'm waiting for it. And every time I don't see it, I just die a little further inside. So all that said, I'll try not to put those sins on Ultimisia here. You're right. It's a no-brainer in Verstale. It's very good there. I've already seen it succeed. When you can play it for free off of Griever, oh, I, I also don't mind. I was going to say something to that, though, because I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I don't go think ahead, she ahead. feels great to play for free, even. And that's what really like bumps into Because mm. you still have to remove a meaningful number of cards from your break zone, even yeah. if you played her for free off the back of, you know, playing a witch from your break zone or the next ice legend we're going to talk about or any of the free methods of play. I don't even think she feels that great in a Verstale deck. Yes. In everything else. No, like even playing her for free doesn't feel good to yeah, me. I actually fully agree, which is why I said she doesn't feel good. I said, I don't oh. mind her. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But, but, but so that right there shows you the issue. I've never wanted to pay for her once. Every time I would have to hard cast her. I mean, I I'll pay her for if she'll come better. over and hang out for a little while. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she's just, again, she's basically just made for Verstale because beyond that, she's just not very interesting. She's going to be so much fun in Verstale though. Go ahead, Dylan. Uh, that art to me just says, Mike, you better chill. She's literally holding up the hand and saying, brother, I, I see you. No, and, she's, she's uh, saying, let me just grab that. Yeah, and I'm spoken for. <laughs> That's what she's saying. She's let me just grab that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can let a man dream, Dylan, damn it. <laughs> you know what? Here's what I'll say about this card. I think she's not as busty as she, she should be. If I'm going to critique anything, it's the art right now. <laughs> Facts. I'm, I'm going to be the one to say it. I'm going to be the one to say it. Based on based on in-game models, I'm just saying. But That's more true. importantly than that, um, how is this card actually read and play? Um, I will say this card is pretty okay. This card was built... The funny thing is, we're talking about Ice Legends again, and Travis isn't wrong. Ice Legends notoriously are the disappointing bunch. They were just like, let's print a 5CP 9K body with like uh, probably some pretty woman art and put any amount of things that say Dole Freeze or Discard onto it, and it'll all just kind of work out. And I feel like they did that yeah. in Opus 14 of Shiva. And now we've got this with Ultimecia. And I couldn't tell you if Ultimecia is even better or worse. I mean, if we had a Griever that brought back a Shiva, then like maybe we're cooking. But Griever brings back this card. And this card is, is really specific about when it wants to hit the board. If, if she comes in on your turn or on your opponent's turn because they killed Griever and it brings it in, 
all right, but what if you're not hooked up on the on uh, on the break zone and then it does like almost nothing? I think it's just a little too situational. Something about ice. They just ever since they ran wild at the beginning of this uh, game's life, they just said kill it, break its legs, and it keeps crawling. It's crawling to okayness. It gets some great art, but it gets some cards that are just banking too much on other cards. And I just want one card to be uniformly good across the board. And I guess his name was Rufus last set, but you know, yeah, I mean that I don't even care about Reno and rude being in the damn deck. <laughs> like, yeah. it's a, I'm like Rufus, Rufus just you're just good. <laughs> he came in here. If the, you know what, make this card. I don't even know how you change it to make it better. No, this card's just fine. Give me the full art though. I'm going to pay too much money for the full art set regardless though. So we're all, we're all kind of around the same then like a two, a two and a yeah, half ish. I'd, yeah. I'd give it a two and a half for the art as well. I give it. A two. I think she'll be higher than a two in a Versdale deck. I think she's a two everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, then Dylan, you get to go first on our next ice legend. Now you've already kind of uh, mentioned the dude once, yeah. the Griever here. We've got a six drop nine k forward, Mobius. Could be interesting. Mm -hmm. Then we see Mobius as a subcategory there. Uh, when Griever is put from the field into the break zone, you may search for one job, which, not, not from your hand, you may search for one and play it onto the field. And then uh, Dahl to select one of two of the following actions. Uh, just break Dahl forwards your opponent controls with no requirement other than they be Dahl. Uh, or have your opponent discard a card. So recurring breaking of Dahls or recurring discard Alas, it does have the dull symbol, so maybe that's going to factor into some opinions here. Mm -hmm. Dylan, I'll give you the floor. It's all yours on Monsieur Griever. This card has been the closest I've come to really wanting to play Ice Water and thinking that there's something there for a second. Um, we've got at least a couple cards in water that are just like activate the card for nothing. Yeah. You know, we got, uh, and obviously, any, any basic line brewer looks at that and says, how do I do that more than once to get value out of them? Yeah. Um, 60p is a lot. 60p is a lot for a card that has to survive for a whole turn. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying it's improbable. I'm just saying that it does make it not as smooth and buttery and all the situations you want to see if you run three of this card. This feels already like I'd run two, and I hope that it pops up whenever my opponent's hand is empty and they can't just do anything about it. Like this is this looks like and reads as a great finisher, but on, in two thirds of the game, it kind of looks like it struggles. So objectively, it's just Ultimicia again, right? Like we just want a card that drops at the end of the game when, frankly, you're hopefully already winning, and then it just kind of clinches it. Which I'm not saying is a bad card, but I think it has all the same issues that Ultimicia does, except that it's. I don't know. Is this even worse thinking about it? Do we have to waiting a whole turn is a big deal? <laughs> <laughs> is this just actually worse? And well, they just so, happen to peanut butter jelly themselves. Yeah, I'm talking myself down. I don't know, though, because I actually think this is really, really intelligent design that we don't see a lot. Uh, that doesn't mean it's going to be good competitively, but yeah. uh, intelligent design that we don't have that we don't really see a lot of from Hobby Japan. And that's not yes. to say that it's unintelligent design, but I think this one's really well thought out. Obviously, when you slap this on the board, it's got that dull symbol, so you either A, want to give it haste, or B, hope it lives a turn. Well, yeah. it's in ice, so you can maybe get it cute with some fire and things like that. 
But okay, let's look at it in the context of just this card. When I play this, Travis, you as my opponent now have to make a decision. It's not just as simple as I want to kill that before it becomes Mike's turn again. Because of its other effect, you're now put in a position where you have to think about, do I want to kill this and run whatever risk of whatever witch is about to hit the field, and I'm going to have to spend removal just for Mike to get a witch on the field, or do I want to let this thing live and next turn have to deal with that action ability? There, there is a little crossroads there. It's, it's not designed like other cards that have great dull payoffs that get no help any other way. And so they just become, I played this. Oh, well, yeah, I'm not going to let you get those effects. Kill on sight. This, to me, does require your opponent to at least for a moment think, do I want to deal with those action abilities next turn? Or would I rather deal with a witch hitting the board of some type right now? Whether that's Ultimecia, whether that's Maya, whether it's, you know, somebody's running Adias, whatever. I do think it requires a little bit of thought, and I like that design. Whether or not it's a good card, I like the design. So this is one I have tested with a lot. I have a lot of testing with this card. And to answer your question, yes, you want to kill the Griever. No matter what witch they bring out, it is... I know, I'm just trying to give it credit for design, man. Come on, I'm I'm going to kill the fucking thing on sight. (laughs) Just giving my opinion on it. Um, So this card reminds me the most of Neo X-Death, actually, in that it's a six cost, and it's it's at its most powerful the earlier you play it. Mm -hmm. If you jam this out, turn one, and you can follow it up with a Ruggagene to immediately give it haste, or a Rosa, or a Sage to activate it, yeah. it will win the game for you, just like Neo X Death. Like, it is so backbreaking the amount of discards that will suddenly come oh, out. Oh, yeah. Of when this was spoiled, Gogo's eyebrows went way up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. However, if you play it later in the game, yeah, you're paying six for a card they can just ignore, bounce it, dola freeze it whatever so it real in testing it really reminds me of neo x death that the earlier you get it out the much higher chance you are to take over the game with it and i have seen it solo games but the longer and longer you wait just like neo x death okay well they've got 10 characters now they'll sacrifice so they'll happily choose it to get rid of it so play it early play it aggressive give something to abuse it and it will take you to the promised land but again if you see it later it's going to fall off more and more just a note for you, it's not limited to forwards. So mm-hmm. as long as, you know, we got formerly in chat already talking about Matoya, the backup, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, you can get so you can get some goofy stuff going with it. Uh, mm-hmm. what's everybody gonna give it though? I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a three, just because I think that it has more staying power uh than Ultimecia. And it it is objectively the better it is the better of the two cards because it brings her back. And it doesn't even have to be Ultimecia. It could be, as we've mentioned, Matoya or, let's be honest, those are the only two actual witches in this game. All the rest are other just bad Ultimecias. But for the reason that this card's the engine, I'm going to give this one a three. I, I, think, I think that's fair. I'd probably knock it down to a 2.5 uh, because it does have the inherent slow play. Uh, if you're not going to put it in a deck that you could just naturally give it haste, uh, and you know, and I don't like the idea of forcing haste into a deck that doesn't necessarily want those types of cards that come with haste in it. So I'm going to knock it down to a 2.5. I think it has its uses. I think we're definitely going to see this uh, in a few decks 
at Worlds, I think, poking around here and there. But it's not going to be like an archetype that's, you know, built around even in a Verstale type thing. It's not it's not going to be, you know, the linchpin yeah. that wins it. On a scale of 20, because I know we're doing different <laughs> scales tonight. Appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, overall, I'll give it a three. Again, if you can play it in the first couple turns, it's easily a five or a six. Uh, if you could, if, but if you, again, the later you play it, it just goes all the way down to a one. So yeah. overall, it's a three. Next up, we hit Wind. Princess Sarah kicks us off. A legend backup. Always nice to see those. We don't get them all that often. A two-drop legend backup. Oh, hell. Okay. All right. Let's see what this card says. Sopfo category. Princess job. Ooh, okay. All right. You're searchable a number of ways. Uh, Zero-cost action ability. Choose a forward until the end of the turn. It gains this forward. Cannot be chosen by experts. You can only use this ability during your main phase and only once per turn. Dull and discard any job princess. Choose a forward during this turn. The next damage dealt to it becomes zero instead. Okay, I mean, I was really excited at Wind, 2-Drop, Legend, Princess, Princess Sarah, and then I read the text, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I, don't, I, I don't think I'm so sure anymore. What do you think, Travis? Oh, to me, an yeah, EX Yeah, you get to go card. first, okay. an X first card. Well, that's it. So, I know you love the mechanic, so here's a I mechanic I, that I hates it. your mechanic. I know. I was so heartbroken when I saw this. Um, I, I, Again, it kind of goes with the Ice Legend thing. Just be bold. Give us the ice legend that freezes the board. Ice is dying for a board-wide effect. Print a card that just turns off bursts. This is so tepid with that, yes, it's nice you can protect a forward, but it doesn't stop bursts that draw. It doesn't stop bursts that search. It doesn't stop bursts that recur from your deck. Yeah, it suffers from the old four-drop uh, earth wall issue. Exactly, right? And Which, by the way, nice protected it... all of your forwards, not just exactly. one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice that the action ability is free because it should be because, okay, I could still attack three times and I don't even know if I'll hit a burst. So thank goodness you don't have to pay for that. I do like the second action ability and I particularly like it's not a special that any of those princesses. So if you run a Sarah to search her out, now those extra copies do give you something. Um, it's one of those weird cards where there's nothing wrong with it because it's just a two cost backup that can be searched with potentially relevant effects. But it's also not so overwhelmingly like, wow, I have to jam this in everything that, especially in a game where slots are really tight, I can see people skipping it. So again, nothing wrong with it, but it's just, it's also not exciting. Yeah, I like the card, uh, but it's not my favorite princess in this set. So, uh, I mean, I can't even give it those marks, right? Princess Goblin, uh, much more interesting to me as far as what that can enable some stuff that I'm messing around with. I counter with you. I the only bad thing about this card it, to me is that it's taking a legend slot. Yeah, like this feels like a really good hero mm -hmm. or an exceptional yeah. rare. Uh, I don't like that. I always like seeing legend backups, but this is kind of one of the the least whelming for me. Yeah, <laughs> the the least overwhelming for me. I, I'm gonna give it like a, a one and a half, like maybe a two, because I do like your effects. There's nothing on this card that I hate. I love your being cost two. I love you being searchable, but you're in an element where searching backups isn't really a problem anyway. Yeah. Um, and even getting out cheap backups these days isn't a problem uh, in the in wind and wind X. I'm gonna give it like a one and a half, two. Go ahead, Dylan. This card brings nothing to wind that it needed. 
Um, it is a legend and a backup. And for whatever reason, legend backups are just pretty not great in this game. What was the, the last one before then? Remind me, it's the it's the three CP one. Oh god, of course I forget whenever I think about it. That one was bad too. Um, it had the S ability with uh, all that. Talk about Ovelia. Ovelia, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ovelia. I was like, this looks cool. Bad. This one, it's like this isn't a bad card. Let me no, start by not saying, not at all. Like, these effects are neat and good, and I think that the action ability is actually kind of getting slept on, if anything. That randomly pulling zero damage on stuff is, like, pretty strong. But um, overall, we got so many spots that we're already filling up in wind, and do we yeah. really want to be shoving a Sopfo card that just happens to be a Princess card in there? I don't know. You know, then you're thinking, all right, well, if it's not Mono Wind, maybe Ice Wind. Okay, I don't think it's Ice Wind, because those there are better cards than yep. what this one's doing. And then it's like, okay, well, if it's not that, then maybe Wind Water. And I could see an argument for maybe Wind Water if you go with, like, this Princess Backup package. Maybe if you play 10 or something. I don't know. But it's not that the card... I won't say that the card's bad. It's just it's nothing. It just doesn't do much. It doesn't really give anything into an element that didn't need it. For Legend, I want Zest. I want something that's bringing in or changing in stuff. Or really <laughs> said I something. want Zest. <laughs> yeah, I want something. Give me a punch of lime in my face, man. <laughs> This is just kind of like, all right, cool. Went and got another card. If yep. you told me this was a rare, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah. Uh, the other win legends, four drop 8K, Balthier, what? the old Sky Pirate himself. You know he was the main character, I hear. Mm. Uh, and the leading man. And the leading man. When Balthier or a wind character enters your field, choose one forward opponent controls, deal at 3K damage, and you can ditch Sky Pirates, one job Sky Pirate, for an action ability to activate all the characters you control, you can only use this ability once per turn. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. That means Trav or five. Travis, your turn. So, I don't really like this card very much. I would highly recommend you check out my wind review because Jared, my partner who does these with me, makes a really good case for it. But I still just don't feel it myself. I I, I really actually liked what Dylan said in that last one, which is. Part of the reason I'm so burned on a lot of this set, so much of this, it's just more of the same. It doesn't change any. It's not like, oh, wow, a new thing Wind could never do before. Oh, wow, a new thing Ice could never do before. And Balthier, to me, just reads like a weird like mix of Bismarck and Luso, but not nearly as good as all of those. He's, he doesn't really fit with the old Sky Pirates either, like none of the new no, ones do. No, there's better like, Balthiers for that deck. Yeah. yeah, so uh, check out what Jared says about him because he does make a good case for him as like a mid-range stopgap for aggro, but I just, I don't know. I just, I, I I just, I don't know. I just don't like it. It's like the fact that I can Amaterasu it and I need to play three characters to kill anything above 6k, eh, I don't know. That just seems kind of eh to me. Uh, I don't think he goes in the Sky Pirate deck. Like, I think there's better Balthiers for that. Uh, I don't think activation is a real problem for wind if you've been playing this game for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, and di ditching 2 CP from your hand uh, to potentially activate all the characters you control. Okay, I mean, there could be big payoffs where in a pinch, that's really, really good. But if you're playing that type of deck, you've probably already got your different cycles of what you're going to activate when, and you're going to get this off of Tomos, and this off of Evray, and then this off of, uh, you know, casting Asura, and looping that with Lulu, and all kinds of stupid shit. I actually think it's kind of neat to conceptualize him in maybe like a Retainer's deck. 
right? Where there is that damage going across your board with Regis out every time you play a forward, and now here's that little cap-off damage, and things can start trading in weird and interesting ways. So I, I, I do think there's a little bit to mess with here. That doesn't mean that I like the card, though. Um, to me, this kind of falls into that one category. There's better wind cards. There's better wind pi sky pirates. There's better wind Balthiers. I think somebody's going to find a neat thing or two here and there to do with him. But for me, he's he's rather underwhelming. Yeah, this is another two. Um, here's like this this in the Fran deck in the Fran twelve deck is like. Maybe this is objectively a better car, a, a better ball theory for that deck. Yes, I would agree. Where you're not, uh, where you're not so concerned about sky pirate counts, you just really yeah. want Fran. <laughs> yeah, and Fran's playing this card. If you said you get to play these cards for free, and they're just dropping and doing stuff, that's like pretty good. Um, and this one, if you said now you're playing a card for free, and it also deals three k on the board, and you can activate all the characters as you need to, that's like not bad. Um, Every other deck where all that extra, that Sky Pirate, that Ball Theater, that Wind stuff uh, should matter, it doesn't, though. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, so it's pretty hard to rate this card highly more than that. I'd, I'd almost even say, do I want to even give it a 0. .5 for the art? And it's just kind of like Starry Night with Ball Theater giving you the eyes. It said, <laughs> hey, I, uh, I see it's 10 o'clock. What are you doing later? You want to come over? No, it's a two. It's okay. It's not terrible. Hitting Earth, we hit six drop Ingus. Cost required to cast him gets reduced by one for each Earth backup you control. So Earth mono decks already licking their chops. And he experts. When he enters the field, you may search for one Earth forward other than card name Ingus and add it to your hand. Uh, notice that there was no stipulation of any type that I put on that except that he can't have the name Ingus. That's it. That's it. Any other forward? I'll go first. I'm going to keep this real short. Balls deep. Love this card. Love this card. I'm going to give it the cost, but I'm only going to give it a five because I control one earth backup. Five out of five. This is such just like an easy one or two of in most earth heavy decks that are just going to toolbox the forward you need at the time, get you a free forward you need at a time during an X-burst, and sits on a 9K body that gets reduced by the Earth backups you have. That's just nutty. It's just nutty. It's It doesn't do anything like crazy, right? There's nothing on here that you're like, whoa, what is this card doing? But you're like, yeah, that seems solid. I like going to get the forward I need, period. And I also have the option of getting a discount for this if I'm running a couple extra Earth backups. That's just good. It's just good. It's going to see play in a competitive environment. Absolutely. And so for that, you don't blow me away, but you're nutty enough for me to give you a five out of five. It's going to see play, and it's solid at what it does, and it never doesn't not do that. Right? Even if you took it as damage, it still gets to do it. <laughs> like, it still gets to do it. Well, you can't talk about EX burst like they're a good thing here. We've got <laughs> this isn't the right this isn't the right chat room for that, Mike. <laughs> Travis, on to you. Yeah, He's it's a consistency only... piece. Yeah, that's that's right. a good way to put it. 
he's the only legend with an EX burst. Uh, yeah, it's just it's generically strong. It's generically good. It will go in a mono earth deck. The one problem with the card is actually kind of what you talked about, where you said where you go get your earth forward. All the earth forwards suck. And I have a buddy who has been playing mono earth this set, and we've really tried you to don't refine it and care. test it. He gets your four cost four element warrior of light. You don't <laughs> care. But you, right, would, you good luck playing that in mono earth. But so that's the only real issue is that we play him and he feels great to play. He's just ash, you know, one cost, nine K body, search out anything you want. Yeah. All of that grab is great. you an earth forward. The problem is there's no great, there's no silver bullet in the earth deck. That's like, Oh, let me go get this because this helps me win. So, no, but, but think about it though. Like any deck, sorry, wrong frames there. Any oh, deck that is heavier on earth, even if not mono earth, like you, okay. Monks isn't super popular at the moment, but he, He's a warrior of light that gets jammed into a fucking monk's deck, right? Like you're just like, yeah, I'll go get, I'll go get Cyan or Ursula or Sophie or whichever one I'm missing at the moment. Like he's, he's just, he adds value and consistency to any deck that has Earth forwards. Yeah, like he goes totally. and gets me Durando. Hell yes! <laughs> I mean, you're welcome to show me the way, but uh, again, the problem isn't Ingus. The problem is Mono Earth. So. <laughs> he's great, though. He's he's clearly very good, and nothing bad to say about him. Yeah. Um. You know what? I'm gonna just be a stickler. I'm gonna be so annoying. I'm gonna be. I'm so bad, hard on this set right now. You are. If it could search card, if I could, if it could search card name Ingus, I'd give it like a four out of five. Just, just because, but just because he can't, it feels at this point, why even restrict it to that? You know, like why not let him loop himself into a search? Sarah can do it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's so powerful that it's like, oh no, I'm searching for another card. I paid one for, I guess you could chain like a bunch of one CP nine K bodies in your ideal situation. But I think you deserve that if you play five backups in mono earth. Otherwise this card's pretty good. Um, I'm still not playing in Warriors of Light, but it goes in Mono Earth and it goes in decks that could randomly just want to hit a burst, and this is a good enough burst for it. So, uh, no, this is no worse than like a three, probably a three and a half. It's a five. I don't know what the hell you guys are saying. <laughs> I'll give it a five. Okay, cool. Five. Yeah, Travis coming with me. Five. I'm such a stickler. This well, there's a five in there somewhere, so I don't care. Uh, eight drop Neo X Death. This one's going to go to Dylan first, a 10K forward. He's also card name X Death in all situations. So in your deck, in your hand, in your break zone, all that good stuff. Brave. And when he enters the field, you got to give up two of the backups you control and remove them from the game. But you also get to remove all the forwards and monsters that the opponent controls from the game. A one-sided board wipe that takes the monsters with them on a 10K Brave beat stick for a cost of eight. Mm. What do you got, Dylan? Um, here's, so with Travis, he said that with Cyan went down a point for every crystal you didn't have, uh, or that you did have, right? Whichever way it was, the math on mm -hmm. it. Uh, I'm this way with every extra copy of a card of, that you have in this deck with just a one of, it's a five out of five card. Fight me. Um, listen, it, it costs a whole freaking lot. It's a it dumb truck worth of cost. It's eight cost and backups. Yikes. I don't want to give it a five for that reason, but hear me out. It's just neat. It comes out, blows up your opponent's board left and right, including monsters, and we're overdue for monsters, but it felt like that they didn't do enough to like keep the cost reduction. They felt like they wanted to still be very chill about that. That being said, just as a one-of, and it just, when it hits, it hits, and you have those one-sided board wipes, those are just always kind of good, man. You know, like, the idea, it's just like, all right, screw you. I'm a 10k huge body. And also, Fasuya Lightning Stock, that legend, bring that one back, where it flips cards, deals damage based on the cost. 
give me that card, and then we got this one, Earth Lightning, baby. We're playing old school stuff because it just looks fun. Um, starts at a five, goes down for every other copy of this card you have in your deck. Don't play more than one. Oh my god, just draw it at the right time, casuals. Or play Ingus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, fine. Three point five. I hold to it. That's it. It's just a three point five. That's it. Yeah. I, so I, I. This is another one of those cards like the X burst hate and stuff that seeing in the set that conceptually I like to see that Hobby Japan is at least thinking. Yeah, there does need to be some monster hate now in the in the game more than there's been previously. Monsters are getting very very strong or. You know, maybe not even very strong, just really easy to, you know, hide and swing for six all of a sudden because you just don't have adequate removal to keep them off the board. I, I like this conceptually. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you know, it's a one of unless you're going to get goofy and try and do some weird X death stuff and magic pot stuff and things like that. Since you can play with the card name, I think there's fun to be had there in like meme type situations, seeing if you can get that one odd pop off to actually work and things like that. I, I hate the cost. I hate the cost. I, I would actually be okay with the eight. I would actually probably be okay with a nine if you didn't make me give up two backups to do it. Like, I'm already willing to pay seven in most cases for a Shantoto to get rid of all the forwards. Make me pay eight or nine to get rid of the forwards and the monsters and 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 uh, establish a body. Okay, I'm kind of fine with it. I may not pay it all that often. He may be CP fodder in just about every game I have, but that one time I'm willing to pay eight or nine, cool. I don't like the giving up of the two backups. I also don't like that it removes them from the game too, so you can't even get cute and you know do rampare things or other backups that get some type of benefit when they leave. You don't get that that uh, that cute stuff either. It like totally shuts that off. I think they've overly restricted it. I'm with you on that, uh, Dylan. I I'm going to give it a three or a four-ish. I think it's going to be fun to play with. There are going to be decks that it's totally worth teching one in here if you're at a competitive environment just because you're weak against something like Mono Water or Gal decks, Gal Monster decks, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So tucking one in the deck is probably going to be a good idea here and there. I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, though. This card is a perfect example of everything I don't like about their card design. It is what the game has been dying for for five, six, seven opuses, which is board-wide monster hate. But as usual, they were too scared of it, so they put so many restrictions on it as to make it worthless. It is way too expensive. Eight is already a terrible cost to be for any card and to give up backups. I have seen this card played five times and it the person playing it has lost the game every time because you just cripple yourself. You destroy your own board. The game is begging for cheaper board wipes to keep up with the efficiency of the forwards. Someone played this against me, wiped out their hand, wiped out two of their backups, and I went, that's nice. Okay, Grahatia, Alice, Ishtola, it's dead. I'm going to keep doing my Scions thing, and, and I've won because you crippled yourself. The only redeeming factor of this card is that it hits monsters, and nothing else does that to this scale. So for that alone... Like, it's worthy of a slot just because it's the only thing that does that. But they, it's just too expensive. And again, every time I've seen it play, that person has gone on to lose. So it's the right idea, but oh, why did they hamstring it so much? I give it a one. Ooh. Damn. Really Travis harsh about that price. A, this card's bait. It's trying to trick you into thinking it's good. 
<laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Three drop 7K Irvine in the lightning element. When he enters the field or attacks, choose up to two cards in your opponent's break zone. Remove them from the game. If there are two characters that are removed from the game by this effect, until the end of the turn, Irvine gains 2K power, haste, and first strike. And he has a special for a self-titled discard and a single lightning. You get to choose a forward or monster of cost five or less. Break it. Notice that one does not have the dull icon. Travis, what do you think of our hat hat wearing buddy here? He's good. It's nice to see Irvine get a, a good card. He's kind of like a pumped up Alba. Alba was always a little awkward because a lot of times they wouldn't dump a summon early, which is what she needed to get the haste. But Irvine just hits any characters, so it's well, he hits I've anything. Never seen him miss. Yeah, it's just characters to get the haste. True, true yeah. yeah. If you want the extra effect, um, he usually doesn't stay around long. Like again, usually he's gonna die the next turn when he's just a seven k. But he's very good for that. Come in, eat away at your break zone, hit a point of damage. Like the only, I guess, downside is he kind of has this weird anti synergy with cards like Emperor Gestal that also want to like junk your break zone but no he's been really good in testing he's solid I've yet to see the special come up that's pretty common for specials though so yeah he's just overall solid I like him I'll give him a four uh I'm gonna I'm gonna join you on the four um maybe in a four 4.5 just because I'm a purple baby so it's purple cards so we'll give it half a point just for having the color purple on it and we'll call it a four and a half out of five I've been testing with this one a lot obviously with the lightning you know fetish um, I really, really like this card. He was crazy in pre-release, right? Oh, like yeah. he was, I pulled him on my third pre-release. The last pre-release event we had, I pulled one and he was just nutty. He was absolutely nutty. Anytime you get break zone hate in a pre-release, it's just mm-hmm. nutty. Uh, and he absolutely was. He was absolutely crazy. The only thing I don't like about him, the only reason I'm not going to give a five is there aren't other copies of Irvine that I want to run in my deck yeah. to make the special just that much more relevant, right? Like, the the special is cheap. It's base, mm-hmm. It's three CP to crack any forward or monster. We were just talking about monster hate of cost five or less. That's relatively cheap for unrestricted access to anything five or below. Uh, and Lightning has really been okay at taking monsters out that were two or below with the three drop Ramu for years and years and years, but above the cost of two, it's really struggled with the exception of like the odd Odin here and there that let us hit threes occasionally. I just wish there was some other Irvine that made this, you know, that I felt okay running one of just so I had a four count um, so that I could make that special a little more relevant that's the only reason I'm docking him half a point. I love this card. Four and a half out of five. I'm going to have to be that guy again, huh? Tell you guys how wrong you guys are about Yeah, that's about Tifa, huh? How's uh, that How's that Tifa going? Yeah, how's that Tifa <laughs> working out for you? It. It's going to kill it at the team tournament. You're going to see. <laughs> see you there. Meanwhile, this card, uh, you guys are underselling it. This card's fantastic. It's a five. Yeah. Uh, no questions asked. It's three CP, well curved. That doesn't have any restrictions on the type of characters that's new. It says, sure, it says characters at the end of the day. So if they play an exclusively heavy summon deck, then maybe you won't get the haste in the first strike. But most there's a nine out of ten chance there's characters in there. Yep. And this doesn't say it needs to be lightning. It doesn't say anything needs to be dull. This card just says, cool. I see you, Breakstone. Eat a dick. 
I'm going to swing in. I'm going to hit something. I'll trade of something if it wants to, but it's doubtful unless it's that 10K Neo X death, which is why that's a fun. <laughs> I mean, like in ev- almost every situation, <laughs> you're immediately spending three to exile eight CP yes. from the break zone. Yeah. Like in the in most scenarios, here's three CP. Let's get rid of four CP out of your break zone. Let's swing. Uh, let's get rid of four more CP out of your break zone, even if you don't care about what the targets were. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, let's yeah. deal a point of damage too. <laughs> On top of all of it, it it's just a lightning card finally being treated well, right? I feel like lightning was also in that ice camp where it's like we're gonna add extra conditions for seemingly no good reason. Mm-hmm. Has to yeah. be goal or has to be active, has to do this, has to do that, has to be only on leap years can you play this card's ability, <laughs> you know, like and this card's just solid all the way through. You could slap it anywhere that plays lightning, and if it even if they don't play lightning and it has a Tiro or Shantoto, I still kind of want to play three of these. Yeah. The fact that I, lightning recurs as well, naturally in its element means that you can run three of these. You don't feel bad. And there's a decent chance you have a way to get a card back to your hand with it to use the S ability. So yeah, this card's insane. Five out of five. Yep. And I'm probably going to run one other Irvine, even though I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to fight Salas. We're going to, we're going to be gross by Salas players in lightning. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the other lightning legend, Zonde, this the old, guy. the old, yeah, this guy, the old <laughs> five coster, uh, when he enters the field, you choose a forward opponent controls. If you control four or more lightning characters, break it. All right. Unrestricted. Doesn't have to be active. Doesn't have to be dull. Doesn't have to be below a certain cost. You just have to have four or more lightning characters. So that would include your monsters too. When Zonde enters the field, choose one forward in your break zone. If you control eight or more lightning characters, play it onto the field. And again, no restrictions here. You want to do chaos arc shenanigans? Fine. You got eight lightning characters? Cool. Go ahead and play your chaos. Like you want to, I, I know immediately, Travis, what everybody was thinking was like, what is the biggest payload mm-hmm. that I can make work with this? And to which me, the lightning baby, I was the voice of reason that was like, what deck have you played lately where you're getting eight lightning characters on board? Not to say that this set hasn't made mono more viable. It has in a lot of good ways. So yes, you you can play around with this, but just thinking in the past, stop thinking about big payload first and think about how you're going to get there. <laughs> then yeah. think about payload. Because I think yeah. for some people, this card might be a little bit of a trap. Yeah, I adored this when I saw it on Card of the Week, but testing it and, and playing with it, it, the eight is difficult to get to. It really is. Even with monsters, it's just it's just kind of tricky. Uh, the, the break is very reliable, and I do love that, yep. as you said, there's no restrictions on either of them. However, you know, they even think the going rate for uh, standard break is four CP, so he's a little overcosted at five. Like, if they paid nothing for their forward or they paid two paying five to break it isn't really great. So I really think he wants to get that recursion. It's just hard to get there. And not only that, like I played him with the scions, it's hard to have a scenario where he breaks one thing and then whatever you revive also hits another thing. Like it's usually just overkill. It's like, well, Zondi killed the one thing on the board. So I just revived other bodies. So I like him. I like the idea. I always love the push for mono, but with the, with the break zone trigger being res- very difficult to pull off, he's I don't know. I'll probably put him at like a, a two point five for me. He, he's fine, but he wasn't he wasn't the savior I kind of had hoped he would be. I like him an awful lot. I I really really do. I wish he were a conditional auto rather than just an auto. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. like that I have to get to four or eight 
to uh, get these wonderful effects only to get to four or, you know, have three on field plays on day and be at four and like mm-hmm. get, get a backup hecaton, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm at three and I get nothing. So I yep. wish they would have been worded uh, as conditional autos rather than autos, but that's just a, a gripe on my own side. Particularly if you do manage to get the eight and then they're like, okay, here, three drop Ramu, get rid of that monster. Now you're at seven. Yeah. You know, that, that feels kind of nut, uh, kind of bad, but I love them. I, I can't help but give them a four because I know me personally, I am going to build around with this over and over and over. And because I run lightning in so many decks, he is a card that I'm going to be thinking about. Is there a place for him in this deck or is there not enough lightning to do it that it's not worth it? What if I changed a few things? Would it make it? He's just one that I'm going to be building and playing with for the entire set. And I love cards like that. Even if it doesn't like change the way I run any deck right now. I love cards that just give me something that I, I'm passionate about. Purple cards that break things are my passion. I'm getting a t-shirt that says that. And I'm going to be building with him and around him and messing with him. And it's... You know, what is the best for a full three and a half months until we get our next set? I got to give it like a four just for that, even though realistically, am I going to see it all that often in a competitive environment? Probably not. Are you going to run into them here and there? Kind of like the old Behemoth K thing? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely are. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to play this in a Nidhogg deck and I'm going to play this break a forward remove a forward, make them discard two cards, and then I'm just going to walk away into the sunset because I have nothing more to accomplish with Final Fantasy. Uh, <laughs> I like the potential of it. I like a good bait. I like a good cost, uh, high cost, high reward style card. Any cards that play cards is like kind of my favorite things. Um, I'll talk about more of that when we get to our Light and Dark Legends. But um, this card being in, in Mono Lightning and with all the Mono support and all the backups that play themselves at a certain point, I don't think this card's unreasonable. This card is good across the board. It's almost almost always going to be a play a body, kill a thing, which plays in Final Fantasy pretty well. Um, and at five is a little expensive for that, but with 9k body and it being able to say, all right, but if you have three more characters, you play Neo yeah. X Death to re- yeah. kill the rest of the board, the opponent's board, and their monsters. Uh, yeah, bro. I don't know. This Chaos Arc as well looks super good. Yeah, I mean, hell, we were spending five for Gilgamesh to sit there and break something whenever we wanted to. Uh, yeah, man. we'll we'll pay five for Zande to break something when it comes in, and maybe start a huge downhill trend for our opponent if we happen to have eight. <laughs> yeah, I want to hit eight, and I want to cascade cards that play cards that play cards. Those are my favorite <laughs> things in the whole world. This is a four out of five. I'm right there with you. Next up, we get into the water elements. Look at this mono art from uh, five cost Gal forward. Cost uh, is reduced by one for each monster you control. Notice no stipulation that it cannot become zero, which means this water forward goes in any monster deck uh, that is planning to get up to five monsters at minimum put in there to make Gal free and not have to worry about the elements if you really wanted to get goofy. When Gal enters the field, choose a forward opponent controls. If its cost is equal to or less than the number of monsters you control, put it at the bottom of its owner's deck. The only way that gets better is if it was RFG. Uh, bottom of the deck might as well be RFG in a lot of cases. 
Uh, dull and active Gal to choose one monster until the end of the turn. It also becomes a forward with AK power. So those monsters that can't be forwards, yeah, now they can. Uh, I'm going to go first and just keep this real fucking easy. Five out of five. This thing's going to be a maniac. Just watch. Travis, on to you. Five out of five as well. Uh, some of my favorite Amano art. I absolutely adore it. I'm really surprised he can become free and they didn't have the restriction of like can't become zero. Uh, removal's great. If you're playing water monsters, which those are the most popular, water, water, earth monsters, right. he's just a no-brainer. And and a, a hidden little af- effect that I didn't even think about till uh, Alex Hancock said it in his write-up. I'm was glad that, you were going to point that out. Alex, yeah, go. You can target your opponent's monsters. Oh, yeah. So you can Make them forward them for a board clear or for summons and stuff, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't really considered that. See, I just he's just, if you're playing monsters, I don't see why you wouldn't play this guy. He's so good. Yeah, this card's a 5 out of 5. It opens up really not just monster-heavy decks. It opens up monster decks, right? Yep. We had mono-earth monsters kind of become a thing with this last mirror, and Gao just feels like it's the extra icing on the cake for all of it. Both of those cards are in elements with fantastic monsters. Uh, I, I love all of that. I'm, I'm totally cool with being an enemy deck where you just play a bunch, like literally more monsters than anything else. You play Gao, you play Mira, you just become the most annoying player at your locals. Um, double points, though. Uh, it just means that my score about Neo X death is even more accurate because, oh no, what are you going to do with all these monsters and this Gao and this Mira? And <laughs> okay, well, Mira's not going to. Wait, no, it RFGs. No, yeah. screw it. It does take care of Mira. Uh, Neo X death's uh, best card legend in this set, oh, but Gao's really good too. God, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Four drop Ferris, a pirate slash warrior of light. The power of job pirate forwards and card name Viking forwards. Very specific wording there. Job pirate forwards, card name Viking forwards. Other than Ferris, you control. Their power becomes 8k and a zero cost action ability to choose a summon or ability that is choosing only Ferris. You may choose another water forward you control. The newly chosen forward must be a valid choice. Dylan, you're up first. I love this card. This card's neat. This card said, these little chump guys, 8K. You want to attack me? You're attacking my homie. You got to go through the crew before you get to the captain here. Art, Deller. Just lovely. Great yeah, white. The art is art. fantastic. Yeah, the art, the fact that we actually have like, can we just, can I take a second to say, I just... I'm so glad that we're in this part of Fallen Fantasy where we're getting real art finally. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. consistently. Goodness. Um, thighs for days. Stats for days. Uh, I know people are going to talk me down from this here in a little bit, but I'm going to give this a 5 out of 5. I just enjoy oh. that this is one of those cards. Oh, I, a 5 I, out I, of 5? Yeah, I'm... Okay, I'll, I'll concede, though, that if I'm critically playing as a competitive player, it's maybe close to a 3.5 or a 4. But this is me shilling for this card because I enjoy everything. Okay, that's fine because I totally shilled for like three quarters of a point for Irvine. So I'm going to give it a whole point and a half for this whole exact reason. (laughs) I like it that much. Yeah, I I think it's neat. Uh, And it does kind of open up the what if scenario with with Vikings and pirates. But honestly, I think there's a better Viking pirate enabler in this set that probably pairs better with the fire Ferris and you just start pirate storming shit for days. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I still have to mess around with it. I know one of our locals is very, he's always been into like the pirate storm deck. So I think that's one of like the first two or three he's going to mess with. So I'll have information on this soon. I do like what it kind of opens up. I think it's action ability is actually kind of clunky. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it has to be targeting Ferris and only Ferris. 
And then you have to have the water forward that it's able to be targeted by that thing as well to move it over to, which kind of makes me go, you know, why didn't you just take three damage and throw the fiend out? Like, <laughs> why didn't you just do it that way? No, okay, you're right. It loses to Neo X death. It can only really be a four tops. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to give, I'm, I'll go with your realistic. I'm going to give it a three and a half, a three and a half. It's one of those cards that enables something and maybe that something can become something strong. We'll have to see as the opus goes. I do think it's kind of fun to play with Vikings again and, you know, be like, oh, let's see what Vice Kings can do now that we we can make them 8K instead of 3K. Does that make it better or worse? I, I don't know. Like you would think power going up makes things better, but I, I think we've been kind of removed to power really mattering for a while now. Um, I don't know. I, I'll give it a three and a half because it's going to be interesting to mess around with it. I will give this card the same rating as its action ability a zero. This card's terrible. Wow. Uh, I've played with Vikings a lot. It does it doesn't do anything. When you have protection, there has to be a reason to protect that card. If you think of Opus 5 Ishtola, I know my my buddy who played Mono Fire hated that card, but the reason it was immune to damage was so you could then use its effect at the right time. You're protecting a Ferris doesn't do anything she doesn't give you card advantage she doesn't uh make the board bigger yeah she makes some weenies 8ks but there was a reason vice kings was ran as it was so long ago like paying four for this feels terrible why couldn't it just be card name and job pirate and card name and job viking like why did they make it so specific sorry bless you yeah, thank you. But especially as a legend, like maybe one day if they just GM enough Viking pirates that it matters. Bless Sorry, you. I'm allergic to bad cards. <laughs> <laughs> maybe then, but like it it just it does nothing. It feels terrible to play. The other pirate enabler in the set is way, way better. Like he honestly should have been the legend over her. Like I just don't get this card at all. I, I think it's bad. Wow. That was quite the disparity there. Uh, seven drop warrior of light. We bring it to the light elements, friendos. The light element legend. Seven drop warrior of light. When warrior of light enters the field due to your cast, so no, you can't cheat them. Reveal the top five cards of your deck. Play up to two characters of cost three, specifically three, among them onto the field and return the other cards to the bottom of your deck in any order. It also has a special for just a discard of a Warrior of Light until the end of the turn. Warrior of Light and the forwards of cost three you control gain. This forward cannot be chosen by your opponent's summons or abilities. Uh, okay, I just got to say, this is one of those nutty cards that I'm going to love building around. Yeah. That I don't know if that means it's going to be good or not, but like back in the Agrius days, dude, it was like, how RNG and high Roly can we make it? Let's see. And we just run out Agrius and see what happens. And thank God we have that Renoa in our hand to do it again. You know, and I feel like this is when I first read it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. And so is Axtar, by the way. Like, you know, <laughs> these are a couple of cards that are going to have a blast with this. I'm certainly going to build around it uh, and, and mess around with it uh, a, an awful lot. It was very, very good in pre-release. Because I was able to build my decks to 40 cards exactly, of which like 24 were three costs oh, nice. uh, with this particular set. Uh, and then was also able to have 18, you know, various targets for other things. So it, this set was, 
we, we maybe that's a discussion for another time. Like, is it a good sealed set or not? Because there were some conflicting opinions even in my own local scenes at all three. Uh, but this was very, very fun to play. I can't wait to get this thing in standard. Now, is it going to be good? I don't know. Like, how good was Axtar? Like, how good was build? <laughs> how good was building a deck around three costs? Uh, specifically for Axtar. Now, yes, Axtar had some success in like different Magisa builds and and things like that when it came to Nats and competitive environments. So maybe this guy has a place in competitive environments if you're willing to build around Axtar to that degree. And it's light, which already has the benefit over Agrius of meaning you can try it in any element where Agrius really, you had to go a little heavy into water just in case things went bad uh, on your mulligans, you don't necessarily have that restriction with Warrior of Light. I'm going to give it a four. I think it's strong. I think it's going to be fun to build around. I think we have decks that capitalize on three costs anyway, with or without Axtar. And if we already have those, I think there's a place for this to be played around with in the competitive environment. I'll give it a four out of five, Dylan. I was just saying I love cards that play cards. Yes, you and did. And this card says, play seven, roll your deck. Play cards that play cards that play cards. I love this. <laughs> um, the fact that it's two is, I kind of, honestly, for my money, I kind of wish it was actually three. If it just, I know that's way too busted, but let me have it. Just let me have it. Um, the ultimate shield part, this is a card that you, that you kind of unfortunately really want to run two to three of because yeah. of its ability. And you want that be slamming that pretty early on to go crazy on it. So the S ability is pretty damn good, considering the the fact that you are probably going to load up your deck with this card. Um, by all stretches in the imagination, I'm still having to say a 7 CP light card that I'd run maybe 3 of, probably 3 of, is like, I can't possibly give it a 5 on that, no matter how good the wording of the language is. But for fun value, oh my god, I love cards I play this. You play this in, and then you play Agrius, or not Agrius, you play this into Axstar, into... Uh, let's do Riku right on, and then let's just trigger both of those abilities as they come in. You bring that in, you get a card from the break zone. If you didn't have a card in your hand to play for Rackstar, you just get it back from Riku. Oh my god, I don't know if you know this, I really like those cards. I make a lot of decks about Restart, about Axstar. Um, no, this is this is my favorite card of the set uh, for the amount of stuff that I like to play. Like This is my type of Final Fantasy right here. So uh, for my personal f opinion and flavor, five. For a critical review on it, it's probably close to a four because that light seven is big. Travis, uh, yeah, I will also give it a five. This is very good. I I kind of just brushed it off as another like unga bunga card, but it is unga bunga and it's very good as that. I just put a build by Richie uh, in the in the uh, in the chat. You can check that out. You want to play this early, and and specifically, what makes this so good is because the new Princess Goblin can search it. If yep. you just had to naturally draw into this. The, the, the consistency, everything just goes way down, but it is very easy to hard mulligan for the goblin, get her, you play him turn two, and I mean, God, someone did, they, they played it and they put out like Bosch and then White Tiger Lissy Nimbus against me, another one they got out a backup that got him a forward and then some other thing, like, it's it's just so strong, and again, it's one of those, you want to go unga bunga with it, you want to do it early, you want to rush people with it if you if you're waiting until way late in the game probably not going to do as much it's great with gilgamesh be because you can use the special to load the break zone with a light card and the special is great too when when the, you drop that free axe star and they're like well i gotta kill that thing and they're like yeah actually you can't target it yeah it's good 
play it early, search it out with the goblin. You're going to have a great time with this and just your opponent won't, but yeah, you'll have a great time with it. So for what it does, it's a five. Yeah, chat saying Princess Goblin, best card in the set. I mentioned Princess Goblin as my favorite princess in the set over the legend. And yeah, <laughs> Princess Goblin is like one of those cards that just has my mind going in 15 different ways uh, of things to do with that, with the flexibility of the search uh, that it has and everything. And thus, thus we get to it, gentlemen. The last one... And probably one of the first ones spoiled, if I remember right. If not the first, right? Yeah, this was the first one released. Uh, three drop Jack Garland, the Sopfo dude himself. He's also card named Garland in all situations. Brave. And when he enters the field, go get yourself a category Sopfo. Uh, that's Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, if you don't know. Forward and add it to your hand. And dull to choose a dark character, break it. Jack Garland deals you a point of damage, so yes, Jack Garland can punch Chaos in the face. Mm. Um, and in a pinch, I guess, could punch himself in the face uh, if there was a beneficial reason to maybe duck some side effect of a summon or an ability that was targeting him. He can go ahead and punch himself in the face if, if you really, really needed to. Travis, it's on you, though. What's your what's your Chaos-hating boy? Where do, so you, where do I, you put them? I don't have much interest in the Strangers of Paradise just because I didn't play that game. It didn't look very interesting. However, I, I find this card kind of interesting. Very rarely is like the searcher for a category on a forward like this, especially one that fits in any element. Right. So he, he if you are playing any of the Strangers of Paradise, uh, the Ash, the Neon, any of those, Jack is a no-brainer. You have to put him in there. Like you said, his action ability probably won't come up too much. Um, I do feel it's a bit wasted for signature art, especially because it, it, it almost even just looks like a screenshot from the game. Like I kind of wish they had done some more original art for it. So I hate kind of hate that there was the signature card, but if you're playing the SOP stuff, he's just a no brainer. You kind of have to run him. So he seems like a very solid four out of five. If, if that's what you're going for. Yeah. I mean, obviously it is, you know, there's going to be very, very few decks that are going to run him that aren't a little heavy on the Sopfo, right? Like you you either have picked one of those forwards that you want to build around a little bit or, or complement something you've already had built, and so oh, why not throw a Jack Garland in there? Uh, or you're going full-on Sopfo, right? And Jack Garland just enables you to get whatever one you want at whatever time you need. It is weird for me that the action ability deals damage. Uh, it was kind of like, it's already restrictive enough. Like, I, yeah. I can't remember the last meaningful game that I've played where I had a dark character, I had a dark character and they had a dark character at the exact same time that I would want to take off. I mean, maybe you start getting into like those chaos situations, maybe uh, because that's been flying around in the competitive season a little bit. But even then the timings like got to line up freaking perfectly for you to not take the chaos and arc beating that you were about to take anyway, just because you had Jack Garland on the field. Yeah. Unknown so, said in the chat, he was like, yeah, why doesn't it deal your opponent a point of damage? That would yeah. make way more sense. It would make a thematic sense, but then I think his cost three is ridiculous at that point. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, at least that's my opinion. Like I'm just weird with the damage on there at all. That said, of course, if you were going to go Sopfo with him, uh, or maybe you just one or two Sopfo forwards with him in there to search it. There's nothing saying you couldn't run like an extremely high experts count deck and take advantage of it too, right? Like start getting into free play upon free play upon free search and, and stuff like that. So it's interesting. I kind of dig him. I like it thematically. I think it's very neat that he gets rid of dark characters. If you played the game, that makes a lot of sense. 
um, and could take himself out if he needed to thematically. Again, that makes a lot of sense, but it's like a two and a half or a, or a three. You got to be willing to not only want to run him as a dark card, but run him because there's three to six other cards you really want to put in your deck and he'll enable you to search them. So that kind of narrows the focus of use for me to like a two and a half. So if we're saying that its main target and at least our foreseeable meta is chaos, of course, um, is this card being on the field and then waiting a turn and they play a chaos and then they can't steal it and then you get to punch them in the face and take a point of damage, really that worth it? Yeah, especially so. when they're going to respond with the uh, the arc over the top anyway. Mm -hmm. they're like... gonna, yeah, they're going <laughs> to kill them on a stack. So, no. What does this What does this kill? <laughs> like, you know, on, on top of all of that, um, you know, this card is only... I mean, this card gets to be as good as the cards it searches. And the Sopfo cards, there's some, like, good ones, but there's not, like, great ones, you know? There's not ones that are, like, boom, boom, and then you're, like deal with it you know this isn't like graver ultimisia boom deal with it this is stuff like i could let jet garland sit on the board for a while with yep. this smug aura and i'm okay um he's he's a dark 9k brave and i can't even play regular garlands my favorite card as we all know because jack garland is no, i'm kidding i don't know what other cards named garland there are that are really even worth playing or even looking at this card's bad my mom never told my mom always told me not to talk to strangers and i'm convinced i shouldn't talk to this card either so i'm gonna give it like a one Ugh. And I'm gonna pull it too. The full art. Oh this yeah, it's gonna be the first one I pull. Oh yeah, and my fucking packs. I know it. Like, Let's go to love it or leave it. <laughs> love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of the Relic Grind here. It's where normally I give you something Square Enix related, a game, a feature, a press release, something they did or said, and ask you, do you love it, want more of it, or leave it, set it aside. But we know we always change that up here for the Final Fantasy trading card game Legend Set Review, and we ask all the hosts to give you the one legend you love and the one legend that you will leave. I'm going to go first because I think mine are really obvious. Really obvious. I love you, Irvine. Shadow. Bye, buddy. Travis, off to you. I'm going to be kind of weird here, and I'm going to make it the same card for both. Neo X Death. You had the right idea. No. You just botched the design. So, Neo X Death. What do you got, Dylan? As you <laughs> Let me go to this shot since you're like hanging down at the bottom of your camera. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Here, let me, let me stand up here a little bit more. Um, yeah, I love Warrior of Light. No questions asked. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, you know what? Shadow already got beat up on. I'll beat on Prince on Princess Sarah. Go do nothing more. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Go do nothing more in my card box. Yes. That's going to do it for us here on the Relic Grind. Thank you so much for hanging out. Let us know your favorites in the comments below and how wrong we were, because I'm sure you can't wait to let us know. Travis, until next time, where can everybody find you, sir? Check me out on my YouTube channel, uh, Travis Rudros Pfeiffer. You can look up Ghost Radiate as well. You'll find it that way. Technically, I have a Twitter, but it's you're probably more better to get uh, hold of me on Discord. I've got my own Discord. I hang out uh, in some other random Discords as well. So those are the best ways. Facebook message is always good too. Dylan. You can catch me over at the FN podcast, uh, where I do a bunch of sometimes Final Fantasy stuff like months ago. <laughs> it's been a second. Don't go looking for new content right now. Um, but I'm going to spoil a sneak peek content. So as you guys know, we saw the uh, we got a team tournament coming up for Winter Cup. Yep. So whenever we start to get some of the info in, and I will because I always do, 
Uh, we're going to do a ranking. We're going to sit there and rank the teams before the match gets done. I'm putting that out there. None of this has been confirmed by any of the TO staff, but I'm going to get it done. Uh, and you can catch that on the FN podcast. Otherwise, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. That's the best way to reach me. I'm going to make it happen. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, as always. That's going to do it for us. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio on all the different places. In fact, if you go to the website right there on your screen, in the upper right-hand corner is all the socials. You can come hang out with us. It's always a pleasure talking Final Fantasy TCG. We'll see you next time. Later. Bye. Bye.